Again, my name is Father Gary Coulter. I'm the director of Our Lady Good Council Retreat House in Waverly, Nebraska. Just welcome you back today for our day with uh, Bart Schutz on Abide in My Love, retreat on John chapter 15. So glad you could join us so far this morning. We have some people coming on, so we'll say a prayer and then we'll welcome Lily and Mark. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, come Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit to come and to be with us this morning as we praise you, we adore you, we worship you, we thank you for your many gifts. Fill all who are here with your Holy Spirit. Nurture the fruits of the Spirit within us so that we can grow in your wisdom, your knowledge, your love. Help us to listen to your voice in all that we do. Help us to know that we truly are your beloved sons and daughters. Be with us throughout this day, Lord. I ask you to bless our speakers, our musicians. Please bless the technology and help us always, Lord, to seek your face, to grow in our love for you that we would love you with our whole mind, heart, soul, and strength. Lord, we especially want to put our trust in you so that we will not let our enemies triumph over us, but rather turn to you who are our strength, our shield, our protection, our rock. And so we pray, Lord, and ask that you be with us in those words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome back, Lily and Mark. And they'll provide some opening setting and music for us this morning before we get started. We're just going to start just by calling on the Holy Spirit. Spirit, we ask you to come and have your way. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. No place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be than here in your love, here in your love, no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be than here in your love, here in your love. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. And set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Come and have your way in this place. 
There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. So set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Life. You give life, you are love, 
that you need to hear that but our hearts need to remember that and like any father 
I'm sure you love to hear from your children our hearts towards you. Father, we just declare great are you, Lord. Great are you. Father, we ask that you would be with us. You would bring us into your presence, into your love, into your goodness. We declare our love toward you. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your life, your mission. We thank you for your death, conquering sin, evil, and death. We thank you for your resurrection life. Thank you to not leave us as orphans, but you sent us your spirit, the same spirit that lived in you, the same spirit that rose you from the grave. Come, Holy Spirit, be with us. Be with each one of us in our homes. May we feel your touch, your love, your joy, your goodness, your healing touch, your presence. And Mary, we thank you for your fiat, for your intimacy with the Holy Spirit. birthing Christ, for carrying him in your womb, for loving him, for being there with him all the way till his death. Lord, may we have the same grace to give our fiat, to surrender to everything that you desire. Be it unto us, Lord, according to your will, according to your good pleasure. Uh, we thank you for the great cloud of witnesses that are surrounding us right now at this moment within our homes. The saints have gone before us. We ask for your intercession. That even as we're scattered in different places, we are all one in Christ as your church. Bring us into union with all the church its 2,000 year history and Lord we thank you for your angels that you send on assignment we ask you to send your warring angels and cleanse the atmosphere in every one of our homes meeting places that you would send your ministering angels to minister to every one of us Holy Spirit, we thank you. We ask you to come. Father, we love you. We say, great are you, Lord. Mark and Lily, would you sing that one more time? Great are you, Lord. Let's declare that right where we're seated. Let's declare from our hearts how great our Lord is. It's your breath in the lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Jesus, I ask that you would bring us into your truth, 
teach us how to remain in your love. Bring us into intimacy with Christ, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, with all that you desire for us. And as the church teaches, we call upon the Holy Spirit before and after every important event. We call upon you, Holy Spirit. If you will, just place your hand on your heart again and let's just pray. As the church has taught us in 2675, to enkindle the fire of his love. Say with me, come Holy Spirit. Enkindle within me the fire of your love. Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way. And echoing the words of St. Bonaventure, we say, Holy Spirit, we love you. We invite you. We expect you. I yield myself to you. Just ask you to do what you desire to do in each and every one of our hearts, including mine. Bless each and every person. Encourage us, teach us at a deeper level how to remain in your love. Have your way, Lord. Bless this time in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Sorry about that. I'm just trying to adjust my lighting here. Good morning, everybody. Can we thank Mark and Lily? Mark and Lily, thank you. You guys are a blessing. I know you guys have a busy day, but I think they're going to try to pop in a little later today. Bless us with another song. Uh, Mark and Lily are engaged, and they're about to be married, gosh, in a month, right? Less than a month. Uh, they travel with me whenever we get the opportunity. Right? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so congrats. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We love you guys, and you're a blessing yeah, you to me we'll and my later. family, but to everyone that you just ministered to. Yeah. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you, man. All righty. So let's jump in. Uh, I'm going to pretend like I see every one of you. (laughs) And uh, I'm sorry, man. My lighting, I look like I've, I've been totally flushed with white. I don't know. I've tried to fix it. Last night I saw shadows. Um, we'll just just see what we can do here. Um, but if you have a a Bible with you or a phone app, I want to invite you to turn to John 15. And I'm just going to read a scripture that many of us are very familiar with, but I'm going to share some thoughts around this that perhaps might shed some light and make this uh, come to life for us. That's my hope. That's my desire. And I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit to guide us through this process. But John 15, it starts off by saying this. I am the true vine. Of course, that's Jesus speaking. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Let me just stop there before I read on and just speak to the time that we're living in right now, in my sense from the Father. I believe between this COVID-19 situation we've been in, all the way to the tensions that are happening in our country, I believe... While it's not God doing it, God promises to work everything to good. And that he's used this time, and I think many of you will witness to this, he's used this time to prune us, to prune us as individuals and to prune us as a church. Jesus is the vine, the father, the vine dresser, and he prunes every branch. 
He's pruning us. The whole church is going through a pruning. The whole society is going through a pruning. And so if you felt a little cut back, <laughs> that's just pruning. Uh, that's what happens in the off season. We get pruned so that when the season of springtime comes, we can bear more fruit. And I believe we are living right now in the fulfillment of St. John Paul II's prophecy of a new springtime. And he's getting his church ready for a fruit-bearing season of spring. So I hope that encourages you. But understand that this clipping we've been experiencing or this refinement we've been experiencing is just pruning the branches to get us ready for abundant fruit. So Jesus goes on to say in John 15, already you are clean because of the word that I have chosen to you. Abide in me, Jesus says, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Have you ever found that even your best efforts and your best works have produced no fruit? Yet we keep striving at it and keep striving at it almost to try to prove something to ourselves. The secret, the answer to that is right here in John 15. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, of course we can do things but nothing that bears fruit for the kingdom of God. But if we remain in him, he'll remain in us and we'll produce much fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. You ever find yourself like I do at times, speaking to the empty ceiling, asking God for something, and not seeing anything come to pass? So one time I was like, Father, I keep asking. The scripture says, ask and you shall receive. Knock the door shall be open. And I'm asking, I'm knocking, and I'm not receiving the answers. And then I read this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. He was very lovingly challenging me and saying, but you're asking, but you're not abiding. You're asking apart from me. If you abide in me and remain. Oh, in I don't me, know what happened. I will answer whatever you ask. You abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The Father's glorified by us producing great fruit. Let me tell you one of the great enemies of producing fruit and bringing glory to God is false humility. Somehow we've gotten this message that I've got to lower myself. I've got to decrease. I've got to be less. And there's a scripture, of course, that speaks to that. Less of me, more of him. As John the Baptist was saying. But look, God's not looking for less of you. He already had that. <laughs> He's looking for more of you. St. Catherine of Siena says, become who you are meant to be. And you'll set the world on fire. He's looking for you and I to become who he created us to be, to abide in him, to remain in him so that we can produce great fruit. He's not looking for less of us. He's looking for more of us, not apart from him, but in him. And this is to our father's glory that we produce much fruit. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love 
just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let me read that again. These things I've spoken to you, Jesus is saying to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Contrary to popular opinion, God has not called us to a life of misery. He's not called us to a life of suffering. There is suffering. We endure suffering. But see, Jesus has already paid the price through his suffering and through his death and resurrection. And he's invited you and I into his abundant life. Jesus says it in John 10, 10. The thief, the enemy is the one that comes to steal and kill and destroy. He's come to steal your and my joy. But Jesus says, but I have come to bring you life, abundant life. Jesus is saying right here, I've spoken these things to you. If you remain in me and you abide in me, I, I will remain in you. And my joy will be in you. So that your joy may be full. Everything Jesus did through his death and resurrection was to bring you and I into his resurrection life, to bring us into his abundant life. If we're living below that, he's inviting us higher. The secret is in the abiding. It's in the abiding. Okay, so this is what I want to lay out for you. This insight. That the scriptures say that Jesus is seated, is seated at the right hand of the Father. High above all principalities, powers, and rulers of the air. So think about what we're all going through right now in culture. There is a spiritual battle going on. I'll bet if we could see in the, in the spirit realm, we would see all kind of giants and principalities going at it, battling, fear, rage, political spirits, false religion, false piety. These things are just raging. There's this battle going on. What was hidden is now just coming out and parading in front of us. And we can come under that and be like, oh, no, man, the sky is falling. The church is falling apart. I'm doomed. This is horrible. And that's the elbows and butts, as I was referring to last night. But if we'll get, have the Father lift us up, we can see something different. We can see what he sees. And one clue to what he sees is in this scripture that says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, high above all principalities, powers, and rulers of the air. So if you picture all that battle going on, Jesus is seated above it. It says they're under his feet. He's conquered sin, evil, and death. He's already done it. He already paid the price. And he called us to live in his victory, in his abundant life. So he's high above all principalities, powers, and rulers of the air, at the right hand of the Father. That's where Jesus is. And then Paul goes on to tell us in scriptures, that you are seated with him in heavenly places. What does that mean? I mean, I'm sitting right here. I'm not up there. You're not up there. What does it mean that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places? I honestly don't know the full answer to that, but I've been asking him. And one insight that I had is found here in John 15. So let me lay this out for you. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father high above all principalities, powers, and rulers of the air. He says, I am the vine. So the vine is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He says, you are the branches. So if the vine is here and we're the branch, we come down here and we're on earth. So if we're abiding in the vine, guess where we're seated? You got it, in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, high above principalities, powers, and rulers of the air. He's the vine, we're the branches. The Father prunes the branches. It's to the Father's glory that we produce much fruit. The only way we're going to produce fruit is if we're abiding in that vine so that we're seated with him in heavenly places. Now we're bringing heaven to earth through those branches because we're connected to the vine. Now catch this, what our church teaches us. This is in Catechism 1108. It says this, the Holy Spirit is like the sap of the Father's vine, which bears fruit on its branches. The Holy Spirit is the sap of the Father's vine. So picture this. 
Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. We're the branches that are abiding in the vine. And the sap, the Holy Spirit, is that sap that flows through the vine out the branches, you and I, so that we produce much fruit. What is the prayer we prayed at the beginning that Father Gary led us in? The prayer we pray all the time. The Our Father. What do we pray? We pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, who is in heaven, where Jesus is seated with him at the right hand. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is God's kingdom going to come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? By you and I abiding in the vine and the sap of the Holy Spirit flowing through our branches to bring the fruit of heaven. You and I are the agents of heaven on earth. So that the sap of the Holy Spirit can flow through us to bring the fruit of heaven. Jesus didn't call us to just live a life of suffering. There is suffering. We have to endure suffering. But it's for the joy on the other side. It's for the abundant life. It's for the fruitfulness that he called us to live in. He doesn't want us living oppressed in mediocrity and misery. He wants us to live in the abundant life. But apart from him, we're just going to be like a, a, a vine, a branch that's just withered. But if we're abiding in him, him who is seated in heaven, the sap of heaven is going to flow through our branches. And we're going to produce fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what the scripture calls the fruits of the spirit. We're also going to to produce the fruits of Jesus. John 14, 12, Jesus says, he who believes in me will do the things that I've done. That's quite a statement. I invite you to meditate upon that and ask him what he means. But Jesus says, if you will abide in me, I will abide in you. And you will produce much fruit, which is to my father's glory. Because the Father has invited you and I to bring his kingdom of heaven to earth. What does our world need more than anything else right now? Heaven. Heaven. Yeah, we'll go to heaven one day. But the Father wants us to bring heaven here. Everything Jesus spoke about was the kingdom of his Father. And you and I are the agents of his kingdom. He's invited you and I to bring the fruits of heaven to earth. And the only way we're going to do that is if we abide in him. As you abide in me, I'll abide in you, and you will produce much fruit, which is to my Father's glory. I hope that's speaking to you. Here's the key. If you abide, you'll produce fruit, which will be to the Father's glory. And then you'll live in God's love, and his joy will be in you, And your joy will be complete. You'll live in Jesus' abundant life. The only way to do that is by abiding in him. No matter how many great works we do, no no matter how many days we go to Mass, no matter how faithful we are in praying our rosary or meditating or praying or, or, or serving the poor, all those things we need to do. But none of those things are going to get us to abide in the vine. But as we're abiding in the vine and we do those things, they're going to produce great fruit. And from that, we're going to bring fruit of heaven out to a world in great need. I just spent the last three days doing an event for priests where I was sharing with them things the Father was speaking to me. And I was encouraging them, and they really need it right now, by the way. You get a chance, reach out to your priest and just encourage them. But as I was speaking to them, I was sharing with them some things the Father showed me. And he brought them all through meditation up to a hill, past the cross of Jesus, up to a hill. And they looked out over the field, and the fields were white with harvest. And they were hearing the Father speaking to them 
to equip the people to get them ready for the harvest. They were hearing the Father speak to them that we are coming into the new springtime of the church. And these priests who were from honestly all over the world, who did not know each other, were also built up and encouraged. They started encouraging one another, living in their priestly gift and anointing as priest, prophet, and king. They started encouraging one another and edifying one another. And I was just sitting back observing this and watching the fruit of heaven flow from the vine down their branches as the sap of the Holy Spirit was manifesting fruit from heaven and building each other up and encouraging one another. And some of these guys have been emailing me and communicating with me how God is just speaking to them since then. I'll just share one of these with you. It's a real simple thing, but someone had an image for them, one of the priests. They saw them on a sailboat out in a storm, barely surviving. They ended up on shore of a, of a beach, laying out on the beach, just resting, trying to recover. And as they were there resting for a while, they looked over to the side and there was a speedboat. And the Lord was inviting them to get in the speedboat. It was it, simple picture. The next day, this priest sent me a text. And he says, man, the timeliness of this word, first of all, he was just expressing how encouraged he was by his brothers and everything that God was speaking and doing. But then he shared the timeliness of this word, and it's not public. I'm not going to give you his name or where it is. It's not public for 10 more days. But he said, that word was exactly right. He had been through a severe storm and now was in a season of rest. And then he said, just an hour ago, this is what he told me yesterday, just an hour ago, my archbishop called me and he said, let's just say he offered me a speedboat. That's the best way I can describe it. And he says, I couldn't believe it. What he was presenting to me was just like that speedboat, which made it really easy for me just to say yes right away. He can't disclose what that actually means, but somehow he's getting a, a new assignment that's very exciting to him. But God can speak to us in very simple ways as we abide in the vine. The sap of the Holy Spirit will flow through us to produce fruit that can change someone's life. What does our world need right now? They need to hear from God. They don't need our religion shoved down their throat. They need us to bear the fruit of heaven, to love them, to bring the joy and life and hope of Christ. But the only way we're going to do that is as we abide in the vine. That's our only hope, and that's the world's only hope. Our world needs to experience the love of God. So as you abide in the vine, which is at the right hand of the Father, the sap of the Holy Spirit will flow through your branch, and you'll produce much fruit. And you will be able to do the things that Jesus did. Because Jesus, everything he did, he only did that which he saw the Father doing, what he heard the Father saying. He was in complete union with the Father. Because as you see me, you see the Father. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit were in complete union with each other. You go, well, he's God. Of course, that's the case. Of course, or we're not God. But he's invited us into his mission. And he said to us, look, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. And you'll produce much fruit. So as we abide in him, who is seated in heaven, we'll be seated in heavenly places. And God's kingdom will come and God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I hope that speaks to you. I hope that encourages you. For some of you, it, it might be foreign to you. I invite you just to meditate on it and pray. In fact, that's what I want to invite you into right now. I just want to invite you into a, into a quick meditation. And so as I share this and as I talk about meditation, Obviously, this is a very Catholic scriptural practice. Uh, the saints of old for the past 2,000 years have been meditating, have been uh, doing contemplative prayer. Uh, even uh, John, Pope John Paul II, now St. John Paul II, uh, would refer to this. Uh, St. Therese or St. Teresa, no matter how many times I'm told which one it is, I mix them up. But she would lead her religious sisters um, into this contemplative prayer where they would gaze upon Jesus. And they would allow Jesus to just speak to them and minister to them. Uh, Pope John Paul II 
would refer to that and refer to her and even talking about it in the rosary to 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 engage your your holy imagination and to to meditate upon Jesus in contemplative prayer and the catechism says that contemplative prayer or meditation is simply gazing upon the beauty of Jesus and as saint therese or teresa <laughs> says that's simple prayer Jesus gazing upon us, us gazing upon him. It's a language of love. So as I invite you into these contemplative prayer experiences, these meditations, I'm um, just inviting you into, into what the church has taught us. You can look it up in the catechism if you're, if you're not familiar with it. There's a whole, there's a whole chapter about it. Um, but it's simply gazing upon the beauty of Jesus. So if you will, if you'll just close your eyes. And just gaze upon the beauty of Jesus, whatever that means for you. Listen, I understand we're not all visually oriented. Just enjoy the peace and quiet, the sweetness of his presence. Gaze upon him. If you want a picture, a picture you have on the wall or a picture of the cross, whatever works for you. But just gaze upon the beauty of Jesus. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us. I'm going to lead you in a guided prayer experience, and then I'm going to give you time just to sit alone with him and let him lead you in any way he wants to lead you. But I want to connect this to what Jesus is saying in John 15. So as you're gazing upon the beauty of Jesus, imagine him seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places, high above the principalities, powers, and rules of the earth, sitting in the intimacy and love of the Father, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the light and life of God himself. Now picture yourself as that branch and you're abiding in him intimate with him. As you're abiding in him, his radiant love is just pouring out. filling up your very being. All that is in him is now pouring into you. Feel his love. Feel his joy. Feel his goodness, his abundant life coursing through your body. Now, as the church teaches, the, the Holy Spirit is like the sap of the Father's, the Father's vine. As you're there, intimately connected and abiding in Jesus, allow the sap of the Holy Spirit to flow through you. Catechism talks about confirmation is the same outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened on the day of Pentecost. Allow the graces of your confirmation to pour through your being the life and power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Allow the fruits of Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit to flow through your branch. Just sit there and just enjoy his presence. I'm gonna be silent for a couple minutes. And just stay there. No matter what your experience is right now, just sit in a quiet posture and just enjoy his presence. Holy Spirit, be with each and every person. Allow the Lord just to pour into you whatever it is he's desiring to pour into you.
I'm going to transition us in about 30 seconds. you're just enjoying a moment with the Lord, tune me out, enjoy him. He's the priority. <laughs> but I just want to summarize this and then I'm going to give us a nice break. Um, John 15, Jesus says to us, abide in me and I in you. As a the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Our efforts, no matter how great and how devoted we are, our efforts apart from him do not bear fruit. As we abide in him, we remain in his love. He abides in us. And as we abide in him, all those works that we do, all those efforts that we put forth now produce fruit. If you abide in me, you'll produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I believe one of the biggest struggles that we're going through right now as, as Christ's body, as the Catholic Church, as his followers, is that we've fallen into this routine of just doing the good things, but not from an abiding posture. When I say we, I'm not speaking to every one of us. I'm just saying generally speaking. And I believe what's happening in this season is the Father is pruning the church. He's pruning our vines. I mean, our branches. And we're going to come out of this producing great fruit. And now all those things that make Christians great, all those things that make the Catholic Church so wonderful and so beautiful are now going to come to life. The liturgy, the traditions, meditation, contemplative prayer, all the things that, that make the Catholic Church so beautiful are now going to start producing great fruit in life because we've been going through a pruning and we're abiding. Abide in me and you'll produce much fruit, which is to my Father's glory. I want to read this. Uh, it might take me a minute to find it, but this is something I was, I was heading down to South Florida to do an event. And uh, I was just praying, and I said, Father, is there anything specific you want me to speak to these people? I try to ask them, just give opportunity. And this came to my mind. It just right away. It was the word superstition. And I thought, well, yeah, I grew up in South Florida. I understand. There's a lot of superstition. There's some strange practices and so, yeah, I understand that. But then I said, I wonder if there's anything in the catechism about superstition. Because I don't ever just want to represent myself. I want it to be backed up in scripture and the teachings of the church. And so as I looked that up, I came upon this. And it's in 2111, chapter 2111 of the catechism. And it's titled Superstition. And this is what it says. Superstition is the deviation, which means moving away from, I believe. Superstition is the deviation of religious feeling. You ever hear people say it's not about your emotions, it's not about your feelings? Well, there's truth there, obviously. But that doesn't mean we're not supposed to feel anything. <laughs> Superstition is the deviation of religious feeling and of the practices this feeling imposes. It can even affect the worship we offer the true God. For example, 
when one attributes an importance in some way magical to certain practices, otherwise lawful or necessary. Listen to this, superstition. To attribute the efficacy, the effectiveness, to attribute the efficacy of prayers or of sacramental signs to their mere external performance apart from the interior disposition, think about abiding in the vine, that they demand is to fall into superstition. Let me say that again. To attribute the effectiveness of prayers or of sacramental signs to their mere external performance apart from the interior disposition that they demand is to fall into superstition. That's what's being pruned. Our mere external performance of the sacraments in prayer and just going through the duty of something apart from the interior disposition. God is bringing us into the fullness and reality of our 2000 year history, the richness of our faith with all the beautiful traditions and sacraments and the life of the Holy Spirit. All of that has to be combined into one. It's not about the life of the spirit. It's not about the traditions and sacraments. It's about both, like banks in a river. If you have banks without water, it's just dry. If you have water without banks, it's a flood. But if you have banks and the river and life of the spirit of God in those banks, the liturgy, the sacraments, the traditions, and the life of the spirit flowing in that, now you've got the river of life. As we abide in the vine, the life of the Holy Spirit is going to flow out of our branches to produce genuine, authentic Catholic faith and life of the Spirit of God. I believe the pruning that we've been going through is refining all of that, cutting some of those superstitions away, the false piety, and bringing us into a genuine intimacy in relationship with Christ. Jesus says, I am the vine, my father the vine dresser, you're the branch. Church says, the Holy Spirit's the sap. As you abide in me, you'll produce much fruit, which is to my father's glory. My love and my joy will be in you. Your joy will be complete and you'll produce great fruit, which is to my father's glory. Hope that encourages you. These are some things he's been speaking to me lately as he's refining me. I've been going through a deep pruning like a lot of us have. And I don't know. I'm looking forward to what's on the other side here. I believe we're living in one of the greatest moves of God ever known to man. And it's going to take us abiding in the vine. High above the elbows and butts, the circumstances around us with Jesus. High above the principalities and powers and rules of the air. Seated with him, bringing heaven so that God's will can be done and God's kingdom can come on earth as it is in heaven through you, his branches. So I'm going to give us uh, some time. Father Gary, I hope this works okay with you. Um, I ended a little early, which I think works well. So some of you, you may want to meditate on this, journal about this, uh, and just process with the Father. Uh, but take a break, however that works for you. I don't also don't want us all just exhausted sitting here on our, on our chairs all day. Um, so we be, uh, we will start the next section uh, at 10.45, and right now I believe it's just 10 or 10.03. So we'll have about a 40-minute break. Again, spend some more time in prayer and meditation and, and, or uh, journaling, processing with the Father. We'll have some guided questions later, uh, but if you just need a break, take a break, whatever it is, um, and I'll see you again at 10.45. Father Gary, do you have anything to say? No, just uh, we'll leave the Zoom stream going so you can feel free to log in and log in and out as you please. Those who are watching on YouTube, though, you will, the YouTube stream will end and you'll need to start session three at 1045. Thank you. Father, can you close us in prayer? Close us yes. in prayer for us. Heavenly Father, we just ask you to seal all those gifts graces, blessings, fruits of the Holy Spirit that you've poured out on us in this time. Help us to 
to embrace them, to store them up, to know the truth that is here, that you want to speak to us, the truth of your love, the truth of your mercy, the truth of your presence. May we abide in that truth. May we abide in you. And so we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall, world without end. Amen.